Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 564 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains, and we have made it. It is officially draft ranking season right here on Locked On Senators. And Ross, we're going to be doing 64 prospect profiles, a lot of numbers, starting with four today. So get ready for a whole lot of prospect talk. And speaking of that, you got a chance to meet with General Manager Pierre Dorian at the Winnipeg Ice Game. Boots on the ground. It was the East Final Game 1. Hell of a game, but I'll let you know how my conversation went with Pierre Dorian, where I asked for an update on Tim Stutzland. We got one. We'll get into that and more. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. More props, odds, and lines than ever before? Visit betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And now the show starts. This is the Locked On Senate Podcast. Your team, every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Monday, May 23rd. The show is free and available wherever you download your podcast, or you can even watch the show on YouTube. The best way to help us grow is to leave a comment as well. We want to know what your thoughts are on DJ Smith, because Pilsy, it was three years ago today he was hired as the Senators head coach. Pretty crazy to think he's only had one 82-game season during his tenure. Yeah, it is wild that he's only been uh, experienced a full 82-game season just once. And you'd like to see a coach in three years in one spot make it to the playoffs one of those years. But with COVID issues, with injuries, with this team still trying to push away from that rebuilding stage, I don't think too many people can put full blame on DJ Smith for not getting to the postseason yet. If there's one area of improvement for DJ Smith you'd like to see next year, what do you point at? I mean, how he's going to utilize the defense core, like putting Nikita Zaitsev in for the amount of time that he got. I know there's injuries. I know some of the defense prospects like Lassie Thompson, JBD, you want them in Belleville kind of marinating, getting ready, getting more experience. And you can't exactly bring them up all the time and have them play in top four minutes. But there's guys like Michael Delzato, Hamannick came into the mix. Like there was other guys that could have played more than Nikita Zaitsev and that just didn't happen. So the one thing he's going to have to manage the decor a lot better, especially with Jake Sanderson entering the mold here. Like how's he, how's that going to work with Branstrom ice time? Who's going to be paired with uh, Sanderson? There's so many questions and DJ Smith has a lot on his plate to make it all work out. I love that answer. What we do know is he extracts maximum effort from these players they seem like they'll run through a wall for him and when your captain's Brady Kachuk certainly the players want to play for him you heard the way that Mad Sogard spoke about Brady Kachuk in our interview with him on Friday if you missed that interview again you can find that on our YouTube page or anywhere you get your podcast I was gonna say prospects because that has been on my mind all weekend we're getting into it Pilsy we are knee deep already we're doing four prospect profiles later in today's show Of course, we have a North Dakota commit, and we have a few players who I think when they were even younger were expected to be early 
if not at least first round picks. So we'll let you know what's tapered off in their play as well. But Pills, you mentioned off the top, I was at the Winnipeg Ice game sitting in the third row from the back. And right now they play at the university arena. Picture like Carlton with three extra rows of seats. There is not much room. I think the capacity is 2,000 right now. Wow. They're building a brand new, but they just moved here from Kootenai. So the, the initial spot is here. Anyways, what I'm saying is it's a very intimate setting. I look up over my shoulder and Pierre Dorian is standing maybe 10 feet away from me. <laughs> what are the odds? That's crazy. Especially, I mean, it seems like every time we've been talking about Pierre Dorian's scouting trip, he's been in Winnipeg. He Does loves it not? It here. Like, yeah, he loves for real. It. So I guess it's not that crazy that you saw him there. But the interesting thing is now every everyone on Twitter with elite sense brain, the first thing they start thinking, who is Pierre Dorian scouting? Connor Geeky, Matthew Savoy. Like there's so many different options. Like why is he there right now? Who's he looking at? So that's where you can kind of get the wheels turning and start thinking about it. But you did get a chance to chat with him. So uh, what did you guys uh, get into? Well, I went up to him right away and I felt weird doing it, right? You don't want to be kind yeah. of like the bootlicker or whatnot. And hey, what if he's heard? We've said some not so nice things. We've said some nice things, but we've, we've been, fair. been we've fair, been but fair. firm in our evaluation. I mean, he's been GM six years. He was nominated for GM of the year once and missed the playoffs five times. So, I mean, you got to kind of call a spade a spade here. But I went up. I just said, hey, Pierre, sorry to bother you. I'm a big sense fan. I wonder if I could get a picture with you. And I knew there was three options. One, he would tell me to frig off, which would be hilarious content. (laughs) B, he would take the picture, be cordial, and then I'd be on my way. Or three, there was a sliver of me that thought, he might know of the podcast, know of us. Do you think he did? Well, to, I, it seems like he didn't, which, you know what, is is fine. I, I actually think it's better because uh, it allows a little more breathing room. And then now we're talking about him. We're not like, oh, man, he's definitely tuning in here. Hey, and, Pierre. And, by the way, nice yeah, to meet you. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's fine. And we're not so big-headed that we're like, how have you No, no, that's not what I thought at all. Podcast. But, I mean, we've done 564 shows, Pillsy. Like, it's not like we just came around the block and whatnot. And so I mentioned to him, I said, yeah, I, I host a, a show there uh, five times a week. And he, you can tell I kind of caught his attention. Like, five times a week? What? <laughs> um, anyways, what the hell do you guys talk about? Yeah, well, I told him we just had Mad Sogard on. We talked about that for a little bit. He said it was really unfortunate he couldn't finish the year. He, he's got high hopes for Mads. And, Obviously, then I asked about Tim Stutz. I said, what's going on with him? We know he's got the same knee issue. that he, Not the same knee issue, but the same knee was re-injured in a play at the World Championships. So I got the scoop there, although it came out the next morning that he's done for the tournament, but it's only a knee sprain. So if this was an NHL schedule, we're in the middle of the year, Pilsy, probably be out two weeks. Yeah, that seems about fair. And Thank goodness they had the uh, awareness to be like, sorry, Timmy, we know you want to keep going, but we got to pull the plug here. Like we can't have uh, any sort of injury, especially when it's like you mentioned, different type of injury, but that same left knee. You don't want to push it there. And Tim Stutzla is a massive part of this Senators organization going forward. And like, like we said, they cannot have a start like they have the last two seasons. So Tim Stutzla, if anything serious was to happen and he needed surgery or had to be out for a long term and misses the start of the season, that's not good for Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith. So definitely the right decision to take Timmy out. Although, 
that's got to be hard to uh, th- to say that to him. And there and there's Ross with his dad, or no, sorry, that's Pierre Dorian. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, Ross pulled the picture up. Oh my God! Some people saying we've got similar smiles, and and Caleb was right on. He mentioned uh, I had a couple pints before I went to chat with him. So you know what? The the thing that was most um, at the front of my mind is. I didn't want to bother him. This guy's there doing a job. He was with another guy from the Sens organization who I didn't recognize. Maybe their WHL scout, whatever it was. But I already felt kind of weird doing it. I waited till intermission, of course. But at the same time, felt kind of weird doing it. If it was like a tie game or something, and maybe it was a little more intense at the time, they did storm back. We'll get into that in the third period. But um, it was a 4-1 at the time. Yeah, well, you can see it right in the back. And 18-minute intermissions, you can tell that's how close I was to him. I got up, and within 10 seconds, I had had the photo. Like He was literally standing two feet away. The only NHL GM in the arena. What are the chances that it's Pierre Dorian of the Ottawa Senators? Probably a better game for Connor Geeky than it was for Matthew Savoy. Those guys are way up the list we're starting the countdown at 64 so we won't get into them until later but geeky i was worried a little bit about his foot speed he was flying out there and with savoy you're always worried about that smaller frame he's five foot nine he was hurt the next game but the game his vision is so sick and that's a great series uh four four they tied up i mentioned they're down four one tied it up goalie makes a brutal play in overtime mishandles the puck it's in the back of the net Felt pretty bad about that. Goalie-friendly show. And then Winnipeg came out in game two and put a smack down 5-1. So that series continues Monday night. And, yeah, hilarious that I got to see Pierre Dorian at the game. I'm going to reach out to Chris Moore. I'll say, hey, I got to meet Dorian. Like, we'd love to have him on the show. It would be, uh, would be great to do. But we got a lot more to get to, Pilsy, with our draft rankings. We're going to try to make this as interactive as possible for the listener, for the viewer especially. Because also what we're going to do, Pilsy, why don't you explain how we're going to make them – Easier to digest each one. So if you're getting close to the draft and there's a player that piques your interest, Pilsy, how can we make it so they don't have to search through all of these episodes to find that specific profile? Well, I mean, you guys are watching the Locked On Senators podcast daily anyway, so it's not like you're not going to see these. But like Ross mentioned, if if the draft's coming up and you're like, oh, who was their 58th ranked guy how can I find him quickly rather than rifling through all the episodes and and high scrubbing through them we're going to put out specifically sectioned videos so each prospect will have their own video we're going to make a playlist on on YouTube so you guys can easily find that all you got to do is find our playlist scroll down find the player and we're hoping to do about five to ten minutes on each guy depending on how juicy they are how much info we can get on them and stuff like that so Definitely be following along on YouTube. If you're not subscribed already, now is the time to subscribe so you can be the first to know when those sectioned off videos are posted. And you can get, uh, it's a little more easy to digest when it's in five to 10 minute segments rather than going through the episode later on. And if you're sitting there thinking, who the hell are you as a scout? You go to three Winnipeg ice game per year. Pillsy goes and takes a sniff around the Guelph Storm every once in a while. You're not able to tell me who's good and who's not. What we do is we take our list of our seven most trusted scouting entities, and maybe not most trusted, but a wide range of opinions. Some people who are more analytics-driven, some people who rely more on boots on the ground, eye test, and all that, and we take an average rank. Now, is it perfect? No, because these are the most recent rankings, but some of them are still from January. However, as we go through the list, when we get closer to the top, if there's new rankings, Whenever we do the profile, that ranking is locked in. 
But if we get changes near the top, especially, that's where the most interest is, we will update. For example, Chris Peters from Daily Faceoff has Uri Slavkovsky at 10th overall. But his rankings are the most outdated. They were just before the Olympics. And I think his stock, is safe to say, has rised a lot. So once he releases his newest, we will update that going on. Pilsy, what do you say we get into it? And on our way there, we got an energy boost. Grab an Athletic Greens. Yep, something I take every single morning, Ross. And there's multiple reasons why yeah, I have you look a lot better, man. You look good. Slim. Hey, I've been getting comments on how good my hair has been looking. So uh, if, if you want to stay healthy and have good looking hair, AG1's the way to go, I guess. Because look, in the morning, I'm so busy. I'm trying to prep for these prospects. I don't have time to always get all my vitamins and supplements in. So all you do is take one scoop of AG1, put it in a glass of water, and you've started off your day super healthy. And it's good tasting as well. So what is this stuff, maybe you're asking? You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and more. You can get your day started off right, too. It's lifestyle-friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you don't need to worry about that. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or anything, and supports better sleep quality and recovery. So that not only do you get your day started off right, but get your night started off right too. There's so many things to like. It's The cost is less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew coffee habit and it's healthier too. So if you guys want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, you need to get AG1. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs in your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance from Athletic Greens. All right, Pilsy, before we start the countdown, just here. This is a note from someone who works with, oops, right there, works with an NHL team. Overall, pretty, pretty good with a bunch of flame emojis. So we are not just taking this list and and checking it twice and putting it out there. We are getting it confirmed. Decent, not great, but decent by NHL executives all right pills you had to get that in there give us a little credibility a little pat on the back and no it's not craig button because he would have roasted my list no matter how i put it out all right without further ado coming in at number 64 on our list with an average rank of 70.67 from the green bay gamblers of the ushl pillsy cameron lund Yes, Cameron Lund is the first player that we're going to be taking a look at here. And overall, he like checks a lot of boxes, Ross. He's a centerman, 6'2", 185 pounds, so nice size, right shot. I feel like that's valuable as a centerman as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, Ross has the uh, nice graphic pulled up here. And with Green Bay, 62 games played, 25 goals, 25 assists. Two-way threat, you like that, goals and assists there. Good for 50 points and 49 pims. Next year, he will be playing at Northeastern. And Northeastern, they've had a pretty decent uh, run here lately, Ross. They made it to the finals of the Beanpot, and they lost one nothing to BU. So that's a good program to be heading to for Cameron Lund. You know who's an alumni of that program? 
Adam Gaudet, Hobie <laughs> okay. Baker, yeah, Baker right. winner. Yeah, well, true, actually. Now, with Cameron Lund, I'm not going to say he's Adam Gaudet, but he certainly has some similarities in the fact that he's a very offensive-minded player. Now, I would say he almost projects better as a winger than as a centerman. Great, great hands, a great guy, a great vision, but a guy who speeds up when the puck's on his stick as well. I love what he's going to be able to do in the offensive zone. He was a guy where you're watching kind of grainy highlights from the USHL, grinding it out in Green Bay right now. It'll be great to see him against a bit better competition next year at Northeastern. But from everything that I'm reading, he's the type of guy where you're more so wanting to pull him back, where he's making a little too much mistakes versus a guy who you have to, you know, smack the whip on. So I think that this is a a player who has some serious upside for where I believe he's going to go 60 to 75, that range in the draft. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like um, late second, early third round pick. He's got a lot of nice skills, but I feel like he's one of those guys where it's high floor, low ceiling. You know what I mean? Like you, you can feel pretty good about him playing a power forward type game. He's already got decent size. Like we mentioned at 6'2", 185 pounds, and he's probably going to grow a little more. He's going to a good program in Northeastern. He's going to have opportunities to succeed. 25 goals, 25 assists, not too shabby uh, in the USHL. So I think he's someone where a team's going to be happy with them, but it's not really a home run swing. Like you're, you're not expecting too much from him. Right. Maybe a team that doesn't have their first rounder and, and is going late. I'm thinking of like a Tampa Bay, that sort of thing where you're like, okay, you more likely are going to get an NHL player. It's just how high is the ceiling on that. And as you can tell from the rankings here, Bob McKenzie has him at 44. Craig Button has him at 94. So that is quite the range in wow. itself. Elite prospects pretty much splits the difference. They have them at 50th on their list. So our average is 70.67 on our list. But I like him as an NHL player down the road. So I think that he's a guy with some physicality and maturity. He's already got the frame, like you mentioned. He could be a player that fits into an NHL lineup. Now, is that NHL team the Ottawa Senators, Pilsy? What do you think about the potential fit there? I gave him two out of five stars. And if you guys are just watching uh, these prospect profiles, sorry, for the first time, we've been doing it for two years. We like to give out a five star rating for how well is this fit for the Sens and like, are they likely to draft him or not? That kind of thing. So I give him two stars here, not not because I think he's a poor player or doesn't have any, uh, you know, any, any opportunities to be a good part of the Ottawa Senators just because I think they've got some power forward types. They're not really looking for a guy like him. And I think he's probably going to go closer to the third round rather than uh, at the end of the second round. Yeah, that's fair. Only one goal in his last five games, three points though, and had nine points in his last 10 games. He's a Bridgewater, Massachusetts native. And again, we mentioned the great size, we mentioned the right shot. He's a Cushing Academy graduate, Mm -hmm. the same school that produced Joey Decord among others. So I'm looking forward to seeing him at Northeastern. I think that he's a guy with some serious potential long-term and a guy that, yeah, might not light up the score sheet as I'm pulling up here. Joined, uh, he was with Canada at the Holinka Gretzky Cup and played well there. Four goals in four games at five points. But I'm excited to see what the next step is because sometimes these big players, they get pigeonholed into a more defensive role, whatever it is. But I think that there might be a bit more upside if they let him play his style. So I have him at three stars here. For the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and that's fair. 
Coming in at number 63 on our rankings. You know what? Let's give a quick word to our friends at Bet Online, and then we'll get into our final three prospect profiles we're doing today. This is a note from our friends at BetOnline.net. Football might be over, long over, but it's playoffs. It's the best time of year in both the NBA and NHL, although the Stanley Cup playoffs are beating the living heck out of the NBA playoffs. You absolutely love to see it. And Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just one sport. It's every sport at BetOnline.net, and it's your source and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. It's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, Pilsy. So we are one down, 63 to go on our NHL 2022 draft rankings. Ironically, this next player wears number 64, but he comes in at number 63 on our list with an average ranking of 68. Pilsy, a member of Sioux City, but a commit of the University of North Dakota. It's Dylan James. Yep, you knew we had to get one Nodak guy on here some way, somehow, and Dylan James is that guy. And I feel like it's very common, Ross, for guys to go from Sioux City to Nodak. Like, it's very close in uh, in geography. I feel like guys usually are familiar with that area. Uh, Dylan James actually has kind of a similar path to former Nodak defenseman in uh, Jacob Bernard Docker, right? Playing in the Calgary area. Going from the AJHL. Same team. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I guess uh, JBD didn't go to the USHL. He went from the AJHL to college. So a little bit different there. But First rounder. Yeah, also a little bit different. But I don't think Dylan James is too upset about his little stop over in Sioux City Musketeers. Because he helped them win their first USHL Clark Cup Championship, Ross, in 20 years. Whoa. Last time Sioux City did it was 2002. So... That was definitely a drought that needed to be broken. And he didn't just help them, Ross. He was a massive part. He led the entire USHL in rookie scoring. So the whole league, he was the top rookie with 61 points. That's six more points than the guy in second. And in the championship series, he had three goals and an assist in four games. So he was a massive part. Like clutch gene, I definitely think this guy has it. And for just one season in the USHL, he lit it up, and I'm expecting him to come in with a bang to Nodak. No question about that, and I'm going to even rewind a little further. Throughout that playoff run, nine points in his last eight games to help out five goals and a plus eight rating throughout the season. And this is the beauty of the USHL. 62 games, so they play a full schedule, unlike once you get to college, it's closer to 35, but 28 goals. 61 points. The guy mixes it up a little bit as well. 39 penalty minutes. He's got a big frame for a six foot player, already 181 pounds, plays left wing, and he was left off some of these rankings. But Craig Button is high on him, has him at 55. That's the only ranking. So if you're like, wait, why is he 68 then? For Bob McKenzie, he did 80 rankings. So those who finished off his list, we put down as 81 because if we're not counting them, doesn't make any sense, right? Because clearly he thinks that they're 81 or below. However, we like him, and the NHL Central Scouting likes him as well. They have him rated as a B-level prospect that could go in the second or third round. So there is lots to like about this player, but Pilsy, 
he's certainly not on everybody's list. Yeah, and that's fair. And, and we will admit some bias. Uh, him going to Nodak definitely uh, has our eye pointed on him a little bit more here. But I think there's not a whole lot of info on Dylan James yet either. That's like we're, we're still got a ways to go till the draft comes here. I think as uh, rankings get updated and scouts start kind of broadening their net here past just the first round or even some guys just have like top 12 kind of done. I think we're going to see some more hype for him, especially coming off a a championship uh, run there where he helps the Musketeers get the Clark Cup. So I like Dylan James. I gave him three out of five stars, Ross, because I think he's the type of player. I mean, if you're getting accepted to Nodak, that's already pointing the sends into your direction and kind of just shows, hey, maybe we can uh, make things work here. And the Senators love the prestigious free development that their yes. prospects get going to Nodak and talk to anyone who's familiar with the Nodak organization and you'll hear glowing reviews and the players will tell you just as much the same. So the fact that he's going there, the fact that he had he led rookie scoring in the USHL and that he's got a championship uh, under his belt now, I like him. So I give him three out of five stars here. Four of the five North Dakota products that Ottawa has drafted are born in Alberta. Jacob wow. Bernard Docker, Johnny Tyconic, who yep. I think is much forgotten, Jake Sanderson, who we know represents US, but was born in Calgary. And who am I missing here? Help me out. Not Tyler Clevin and not Shane Pinto. No. Um why why am I forgetting? Is am I wrong? Well, are you counting Dylan James? <laughs> Maybe I am. Yeah, so I'm in a pretzel here. Anyways, with Dylan James, you're getting a guy who's more substance than flash. He's kind of that big, powerful left winger. Scored a lot of his goals that I saw from right on top of the crease. But then he would surprise you. Not much off the rush, but there was a lot of just like laser quick release from the mid slot area. And he was beating goalies clean. So can he transfer that and make it all the way into the college ranks to do that? Or will that extra step be a little bit more difficult? One thing that we know, and North Dakota just led college hockey once again in attendance. These players are going to be treated like pros. So I think that his style of game is really going to fit in there because he's not trying to dangle six guys, including the goalie on the ice there, and put the puck in the back of the net. He's more of just your meat and potatoes, get to the front of the net, but with an explosive stride. So I think his skating is going to be what separates him and allows him to get to the NHL level. At worst case, I think this is a guy who's going to be a third line, grinded out, strong on the forecheck. Kind of, you know who my comparable is because he's a great skater too. Colin Greening could be a guy who he ends okay. up at. Maybe like a couple good years where he gets 15, 20 goals, mm-hmm. but otherwise a depth player that in a pinch can play with good players. Yeah, I think that's fair. And going to Nodak, you know he's going to get his defensive side of his game polished up as well as as Coach Barry is a defensive-minded guy. So that's also a nice attribute. Just on the way out, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, we've got his Elite Prospects page pulled up. Elite Prospects just do fantastic work, especially this time of year. So as we mentioned, Alberta guy, October 12th birthday, which means he's one of the oldest players in this draft. What does that mean? For his development. As I said, he's ranked a little bit higher, although just among North American skaters, 37th. And wow, they got that championship in there pretty quickly with the Clark Cup they won just a couple days ago. Comes from a hockey family, his uncle, cousin, brothers all play. And as you can see, Pilsy, this guy has scored goals at every level that he's played in. From under 15s, 26 goals in 35 games, then 20 goals in 34 games. 
even in the AJHL, putting up 20 goals. So that 20 look at goals those playoff though. points too, Ross. Oh yeah, buddy. I Gets mean, it done in the postseason. I mean, yeah, may, maybe we'll use his 14 year old stats that much, but even <laughs> still, man, when there's a consistent habit here in eight points in 10 playoff games and none in the first game, I mentioned eight in his last nine, nice little cherry pick there to chop off the first game. <laughs> but I, I love that for him. And, Obviously, you play on a good team there in Sioux City with the Musketeers, who's a plus 18. But if that can continue at North Dakota, who we know does not rebuild Pilsy, they reload at North Dakota. So excited to see what he can do there under the leadership of Coach Barry. I've got him as a four-star guy, and I will admit a little bit of bias because I want to see another Sens prospect get involved at the Ralph. All right, coming in. At number 62 on our top 64 draft picks with an average rank of 67.25. We're going to Sweden for Ludwig Persson. Yeah, Ludwig Persson is our first Swedish player here. And he's very interesting, Ross, because if we would have started this before the start of this season, he would be much higher up in our rankings. All the scouting reports that I read about him, they all said similar things. This guy was much anticipated coming into this season. Let's see if he can really burst into the SHL scene with Verlunda. And then we'll see where he goes in the first round. Obviously, where we have him, those discussions have really died down. And he's now looked at more of a late second round guy. But let's not take anything away from him. He's a center slash left winger. Six feet, 179 pounds, left shot. He played in the J20 League, 41 games, 25 goals, 36 assists, good for 61 points, not bad at all. But where people wanted to see him develop is in the SHL, 10 games, zero points. So according to EP, it looks like he's going to be playing in the Allsvenskan League next year with uh, BIK Karl Skoga. I probably absolutely butchered that. but Alex Linskog will be all over you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We, we do have a, a Swedish guy keeping us in check with our pronunciations. But the one attribute, Ross, that I will say I noticed a lot of scouts highlighting for Ludwig was his speed. This guy is Fast. And a lot of Swedish prospects, that's what they're known for. They're able to fly up and down the ice. So he's probably in skates before he learned how to walk over in Sweden. And Forlunda had him tagged for a while. But I think there's a lot of upside here. It's just he really plateaued in development last season. Do you know what's interesting about that too, Pilsy? Is he's another, just like Dylan James, he's an early birthday for this class. One of the rare 2003 birthdays in this class. October 8th. So He'll be 19 in October by the time next season starts. He's six feet tall, about 180 pounds. And as you mentioned, a guy whose stock is probably lower than it's ever been. And when you look at some of the stats, Pilsy, on elite prospects, who I'll pull up right now. If, I'll go through the rankings first because those are watching it. They've got it here. So just catch up. Scott Wheeler's higher on him than all. And maybe he just wanted to you know not drop him as dramatically as some of the other scouting references did like Bob McKenzie doesn't even have him in his top 80. Craig Button has him at 65 but Scott Wheeler at 44 and elite prospects is actually the lowest on him all the way down at 79. I should mention Chris Peters we have a top 54. Tony sent me his top 32 and Corey Pronman did a top 32. So when you see not ranked for those two guys it's not because he has they have him like 85th or anything like that. I know the numbers are a lot lower for the other ones here. But we'll find a groove here with our rankings as we continue it. 
You mentioned the numbers are still great when he's playing junior hockey, 61 points in 41 games here at that level. But if he's been so highly touted, Pilsy, this is the kind of guy who you would have liked to see get to that next level and at least contribute a little bit before his draft. Yeah, and I think that's why the move to the Allsvenskan League makes a lot of sense. He's too good for J20, not quite good enough for the SHL. So if my uh, understanding is correct, the Allsvenskan League is perfectly in the middle there. So we'll get to see what he can do at a more appropriate level here. But he was supposed to already be tearing it up in the SHL. So this is a bit of a step backward for Ludwig. But, I mean, look at that. Eight goals in his last ten games. It <laughs> doesn't matter where, but when you play at that level you're going to get eyeballs on you as well. He's a centerman, but I think he could project a little bit better like as that speedy winger like that if he could develop into like a Grabner type as you see EP Rankside, a speedy winger with the good hands. They're already calling him a winger. Pearson plays with intensity and works hard every shift. His skating stands out. And then Anders Eriksson from HC says a speedy player who is very good at challenging his opponents at high speeds has an excellent release. And when you look up the old stats, Pilsy, like some of these are just wild. Like I know we're going back to when he was younger, but 22 goals in 12 games when he was 15, then 20 and 16, 13 and 16. So many of these younger levels, he just absolutely dominated. But again, now you're back-to-back years where you haven't been able to get a proper footing at the SHL level, right? Played 13 games there last year, 10 more this year. So what are you going to do to bring your game to the next level? Speed's great, but what's speed without having that secondary element where when you create space with your speed, you can use that to your advantage? From a Senator's standpoint, is Pearson a player that makes sense to you? I've got him at two stars as well, just because I like the Sens have their speedsters, right? And I, and I think... With Ludwig Pearson, he needs, like you said, he blasts ahead of everyone else. And then he's like, oh, man, my shot and my other abilities aren't good enough for me to finish off this play here. And guys, at the next level, because he would look at you and be like, bro, I score. Yeah. And I mean, he does score because in uh, the last three playoff games, sure, it's the J20. He had a goal in each of those games for a three game goal streak. So he's able to do that. Let's see what he can uh, do in the middle tier level here. And uh, we'll go from there. But I'm not overly excited about him and his fit with the Sens. I would say 3.5 just because for me, when you're putting up that that kind of offense, you know that that potential is in there somewhere. And if he has a separating quality, which it seems is his speed, those are the type of players where a scout can be like, I can fix the deficiencies. I can work with him. I can make this happen as an organization. So I've got him at 3.5, not a guy who I'm banging the table. You got to trade up to get him. If the right situation unfolds, maybe in the fifties or sixties, you package that third and a fourth. I'm not in that camp yet, but he's a guy who I've got my eye on because to me, if you have the, if you have the spotlight on you at such a young age, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to accept that or people overview you like we might have seen with Atu Ratti last year. I'm not comparing the two per se, but it is interesting to point out with Ludwig Pearson. All right, Pilsy, coming in at number 61, probably the man I'm most excited about on today's list, coming in with an average rank of 57.33, so a whole 10 better than Pearson in our rankings. Coming in at number 61, Paul Ludwinski. 
from the Ontario Hockey League and the Kingston Frontenacs. Yep, uh, Kingston guys. So someone that uh, maybe sends fans, if you've been following along with uh, Levy Marilinen, Ben Roger uh, with the Kingston Frontenacs this year, you've got to see shades of of what uh, Paul Ludwinski can do. And I, I think he's a solid player. I mean, great rookie season for him. He led the Frontenacs in rookie scoring. And I was looking back at his first OHL goal, Ross, was a beauty breakaway goal. So you love when guys can enter the league and be like, all right, I've got a breakaway, me versus the goalie, and he can finish it. That was against the 67s, a little bit of a salt of wound <laughs> there. But the Kings Frontenacs and 67s played a lot of games, so it's very likely that that's going to happen. The thing I found most interesting about Paul Ludwinski is he started off the season in, I mean, if you're a rookie in the OHL, being on the wing with Shane Wright and Martin Chromiak sounds pretty damn good. And that's your coaches being like, hey, kid, we're going to set you up here. But he didn't really have a lot of success there. And it seems like he's a guy that's going to project better as a centerman. So they said, OK, sure, you're playing with the top two guys, but let's move you down to the second line and let's get you in the middle of the ice. That's when he really flourished there. And McKean's Hockey, they do great stuff as well. Uh, We definitely use them as a source for our prospect profiles. They described him as a good skater with two-way awareness and good energy. So that's a guy where when you have a solid rookie season and you've got the right attributes, I think he has a lot of potential. Yeah, so do I here when I'm looking at Paul Ludwinski as well. And when you're bringing up uh, his play with Kingston, 16 goals, 27 assists good for 43 points and what i loved even more is 32 of his 43 points were primary so he's a guy who doesn't need help getting set up as as much like he's not a guy who's passing to the guy who's passing to the guy yeah he's he's not riding on shane wright's coattails is kind of what you're getting no he's certainly not and the reason i took off that graphic so quickly is i forgot to update the ranking so we're off to a great start but we've got craig button here down at 85, and I'm loving the discrepancy between Craig and Bob because those are the two TSN guys. Bob McKenzie has him up at 42nd overall, so where's the tiebreaker? Elite Prospects, 45. So they both have him as an early to mid-second round pick, and I'm right there with him because for me, the strength of his game projects so well to the NHL level. Extremely high hockey IQ, great edges, explosive skater, crafty, and speed, and a guy who's realized that he's not going to maybe be the offensive guy he was in his minor hockey career. He was the fifth overall pick into the Ontario Hockey League draft, and then what would have been his rookie season ends up going down the toilet because of COVID. So he didn't play a single game all year long. That must be tough. Like we talked about last year, guys in their draft year, I think it's even tougher on guys this year because that's when you get your feet wet. You, you learn the league, you learn the schedule, you learn the training habits and what it's going to take from the veterans there to make it to the next level. He didn't get any of that experience. And then, as you said, he gets plopped next to the projected number one overall pick. No pressure, kid. And Martin Kromiak, a guy who's already torn up the league for two, three years. But you're right. A guy who, to me, is going to be a center at the NHL level. And to me, a guy who's got a very high floor but also a high ceiling. So I've got him at four and a half stars because I really like the creative aspect of his game, but mixed in with the compete level that at the very least, you're getting a bottom six grinded out centerman who can win big faceoffs for you. But if he can work on that offensive consistency, which is far from proven yet, he could be a second line center 
if all the far if all the cards fall his way. Yeah, and I think uh, Tony Ferrari, our good friend, who's been a recurring guest on the show, he he kind of mentions that just because he doesn't have that offensive consistency, Ross doesn't mean he's kind of a waste of space out there. He's doing so many other good things right. He has high hockey IQ, and he's able to be effective in the game in other spots. So I think that's something great about Paul Lidwinski that we like. And I will uh, I was going to have uh, mine at just three and a half stars, but I'll bump it up to four because I think he's a really interesting prospect. And Shane Wright, probably going to be playing in the NHL next year. So, hey... That top center position, that's up for grabs. And I think uh, our, our friend Paul Ludwinski here has a great opportunity to snag that and elevate his role with the Kings in front next. So I'm going to be uh, dialed in on him for sure. And it's always nice to get another sense prospect in the mix. It makes it a little easier for us to follow along. So that's a bit of a bias as well. So four stars for me for Paul Ludwinski. Well, we know there's a connection to the Sens organization with the general manager, Corey Cooper, yes. of the Kingston Frontenacs, the former goalie coach in Belleville. And get this, Pilsy, Paul Ludwinski, born April 23rd, 2004. That is the same week the Toronto Maple Leafs last won the <laughs> playoff series. And he's 18 years old. That's great. That's great. And he's a Toronto guy, so he would know that. Yep, Pickering, Ontario, five foot eleven, hundred and seventy pounds, left shot centerman. If you're watching there as well, forty three points. We mentioned, look at that though, twelve points and seven goals in the playoffs mm-hmm. with a plus eleven rating. So you wonder if maybe that's a sign of things to come next year. To me, this would be the type of pick where we mentioned elite prospects, forty five. We mentioned, you know, guys. Uh, Bob McKenzie has him in the forties, but Pilsy, the Sens could take him thirty eight or thirty nine get laughed at, and then all of a sudden next year the offensive numbers explode and rounds out his game. This is a guy, I mentioned four and a half stars, there's reason for it. This is the kind of guy, if the offense clicks, all of a sudden he's a first-round talent. There's no question in my mind. And I'm willing to see, no question willing in your to mind. bet. Wow. Yeah, okay. well, I'm just seeing what he's done growing up and to have the pedigree to be a fifth overall pick in the OHL. Yeah. I just think that we're going to see a lot from this draft class where that lost year – is glaring right now, but over the next year or two, there's going to be some guys who haven't been able to scratch the surface yet, but are going to bust through it next year. I think we're going to see a lot of old takes exposed by Christmas next year from these rankings coming up. Yeah, and I think this is something we've never really had to deal with. I think that COVID year loss to junior teams, especially the OHL, which had literally zero games played. The only league who had zero Whereas the Q and the WHL, they they got some games done. It was a weird season for both of them, and it didn't really work out. But kids got on the ice, and they got playing competitive games. I think this is going to have a ripple effect for the next two, possibly even three drafts, Ross, because yeah. losing that full season is going to be tough. But one thing is, is there's going to be guys who losing that full season absolutely devastates their development. Or there's going to be guys who made the most out of that, which, I mean, you can only do what you can do, but they stayed working hard in the gym. They stayed working hard on their skills, watching tape, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Paul Ludwinski was probably one of those guys, seeing as he was able to hop into the OHL and have a good rookie season. So I I really like uh, what I'm seeing from this guy. And he kind of reminds me of Zach Ostapchuk, right? Like a guy that a lot of people say, ooh, there's like nice pieces here, but he hasn't quite put it together. Let's wait one more season and see how he does. 
We saw how Zach Ostapchuk did in his next season in the WHL. So I'm sensing kind of a big burst through uh, similar to Ostapchuk here. I was looking at some old footage of before the OHL draft pills. Yeah, I love this confidence from him. He compared his own game to Patrick Kane. Not bad. He said, I'm shifty and a creative playmaker. But again, Kane's a winger. Is Ludwinski, Ludwinski rather, going to be a winger or a centerman? I vote centerman. I'm excited to see what he's going to do next season. All right, Pillsy. So that is today's foursome of draft rankings, number 64, 63, 62, and 61. And uh, if you have any suggestions of how you'd like us to go through it, I don't think we're able to show video. We could kind of go through some plays, but unfortunately we got copyright and all that going into it. So this is kind of our overlook, but again, we've got so many more of these to do. We're going to do four per week this week. Four per show. And then once we, four, four per show, yeah. And then as we get closer to the first round, we're going to go down to three per show. And then we really want to dive in to the top 32. We are going to do two per show from 32 to one. And we've got this planned out that it's going to end a week before the draft, Pillsy, and that'll give us time to interview some experts. Yep, that's going to be awesome. And we're hoping to interview all entities that we've used in this consolidated rankings list. Guys like Chris Peters, guys like Tony Ferrari, Craig Button. I mean, if we could get Bob McKenzie on the show, that would be all time. I'm working too. on all it. Right, you just keep working on that, Ross. Um, all we got to do is promote Bobby Margarita and we'll be all safe. Hey. I could be talked into that. You could talk me into that for sure. Uh, so it, it's lots of good times ahead as far as the prospect talks go. But Ross, before we wrap up here, I got a Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day. We are back. I've been down bad a little bit here. I think now I'm I'm like four and six. I think four, I got four and, and six. Four and here. seven because you probably didn't update okay. from last time. So four and seven. Honest gambler. Here. Way to go. Not great. Yeah. See, on, honest guy. I would never lie to you guys, but. I feel really good about this one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna toss in a little uh, a little extra coinage on this one because Ooh. I'm feeling good. And like I mentioned, guys, you we don't unit shame on this show. I'm just doing ten bucks a time here. But once in a while, when you feel good, you gotta toss a couple extra shekels in. That's how you get ahead in the game. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, hold on to your seat, Ross, because here we go. So. The Tampa Bay Lightning have a 3-0 series lead on the Florida Panthers, and the game is in a Sunrise. There is nope, nope in Tampa. Oh, dude. True. I get, I get why you're all messed up though. A back to back in the playoffs is all time. Yeah, okay, that's why it messed me up. So it's in Tampa. That changes my mindset a little bit, but it's still little brother, big brother syndrome going on here. The last thing Florida wants to do is get swept in Tampa and have all those fans waving goodbye to them just like they they didn't get swept but just like they did last time these two teams yep. played in the playoffs so I'm going on Florida heavy here like Ooh. there's not a chance they come back and win this series Ross but I don't think they can handle themselves pride wise if they got swept by their big brother so I'm going to Florida Panthers money line at plus 110 then shift over to the only other game Colorado versus St. Louis I like the Avs. I know uh, Matty Perth sends. He's really on the St. Louis Blues, but Bennington is now knocked out of this series. He will not be returning. I like Billy Huso, but the Avalanche are just an absolute powerhouse, and I think that's going to shake up the kind of morale of the St. Louis Blues, that injury. So I'm going Colorado Avalanche here. Their money line is minus 160. So Florida Panthers money line, Colorado Avalanche money line. Put those two together, and I'm doing 15 bucks on this one because I'm confident 
and you're going to win $36.19. Guys, that is Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day. And if you want to ride or fade Pillsy, head over to betonline.net. I want to thank all our great sponsors and you, the listener or viewer, for watching today's episode of Locked on Senders. Again, we are wide open for feedback. Let us know how we can improve the draft rankings to be the best that they can be. But until tomorrow, we'll say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.